I'm Karen. And I'm Michelle. We're sisters. And homeschool moms. Welcome to the Layers of Learning podcast, where we talk about family-style homeschooling. Hi, this is Michelle with the Layers of Learning podcast, and I'm here with Karen, my sister. Hi. Uh, We're going to talk about skills versus content. So there's two types of knowledge that you're teaching your children. One is you're teaching them skills, and the other one is you're teaching them content. And we're going to talk about the difference and why it's important to know the difference. This is probably one of the big misconceptions of people who are not trained in teaching. This is the kind of thing that you learn when you are in college to become a teacher. You know, like they teach you, hey, some things are skill-based and some things are just content knowledge. You could learn content forever and ever and ever. That's just the fun facts kind of thing. Yeah, I I think this is why sometimes homeschool parents are so worried about covering it all. Yeah, they're actually trying to cover content. And and they think that it's a skill. Like, Like they're treating it like it's a skill, but it's actually content. Yeah. The idea is that if your kids learn the skills of learning, they can learn about anything. So you don't have to teach everything to them because they are capable of learning. They know how to get information. They know how to read and write and research and discuss and analyze. They know those things that it takes to master any knowledge. So it's interesting. Most homeschool parents actually get it very backwards. They focus on content knowledge yeah, and they forget to teach skills. Yeah, I, th- I think that's true. In fact, I think schools um, in general do a pretty good job of teaching skills and a terrible job of teaching content. Yeah. And homeschoolers do an awesome job of teaching content and a okay job of teaching skills. Right. So what you have to do is get a balance. And, um, and first of all, it's just understanding the difference, I think. As soon as you understand the difference, all of a sudden you will just be a better teacher to your kids, I think. Okay, so skills, arithmetic, mathematics, that's a skill-based subject. Writing is a skill-based subject. Reading, in in the terms of learning to read, is a skill-based subject. Spelling, that kind of stuff, those are skills, right? Yeah. Michelle, I have an example that's kind of an out-of-the-box example of a skill. One of the things that you could teach your kids is analogies, how to analyze analogies. Like if I say to you, nest is to bird as pond is to... Could you fill in the blank? Could fish, be, fish. Yeah. I could do fish. <laughs> it could be a variety of things. But yeah. that, that way of thinking about things, that understanding analogies and comparisons, that's a skill. Okay. It has nothing to do with the nest or the bird or the pond or the fish. It's right? about abstract thinking. It's about abstract thinking. Yeah. So that is a skill. So it's not just like a, a skill isn't as simple as just saying, okay, you have to learn how to write. It's actually breaking down the way that we learn. All of the ways that we learn, communicate, those things are the skills that it takes. So math is a good example. Yeah, math is is a great example because I think that is the one area that both homeschools and uh, schools, public schools, do a good job at. Because math is so, first of all, it's self-contained. Like it's a simple, this is the subject of math. And yeah. it's in textbooks, and everybody uses textbooks pretty much for math, right? Yeah. And so it's and and it is also a subject where it must be broken down into tiny little steps, or nobody learns it. 
And so I think it's very easy to teach it correctly in, as far as getting the skills in there and teaching it incrementally. Yeah. And not missing, not having big gaps, you know. Yeah, it's interesting though, because most of the time when we talk about teaching skills, we think of it as being very in order. Like yeah. there's a specific order to it, right? Like you have to learn this before you learn that. Yeah. You're not going to learn Mozart before you learn what the C, the middle C is on the piano. Right. You know, like skill-based things we think of as being incremental. And yet think of the different math curricula that are out there. Like Saxon does not approach it at all the same way that Singapore math does. Or Matthew C. Or Matthew C. It's a totally yeah. different approach in a okay. different order. So even though it is incremental, there's not really a one right way to do it. Spelling curricula is another really good example of that. It doesn't matter which list you use. Yeah, but yeah. but you're going to find different ways. I very much teach based on common spelling rules and word chunks. Like that's how I taught my kids spelling. That is not the only way to teach it. Some people completely use the most commonly used words because those are the ones that will come up most often. Yeah. And that's and that's other way people to do it. it 100% just from their children's writing. Yeah. There are different ways to approach it. Yeah. Those are all skill-based, but it's not always an exact, exact order. So there's not a master list of skills, but there is an awareness that you need to have about what is a skill versus what is content. Okay, this is, I'm trying to wrap my head around this. Okay, so every single subject, no matter what you're learning about, requires skills to yeah. learn it, right? So like like history is, I would say it's a content subject. In but general. But when you're learning history, you are using skills. Have you ever had your kids put the timeline pieces in and they get them on the wrong spots on the book of years because they messed up, like, for example, the BC versus the AD? Right, right. Like that's a skill to understand Time. Time yeah. and the passage of time and how we keep time, right? Right. But actually, they don't have to have memorized what year the pyramids were built to have that skill. But if they have the skill and they learn what year the pyramids were built, they can use that skill to put it in the right place on their timeline. Well, and, and then they understand it properly because the, yeah. skill has, the skill is helping them to have... Before you can have the abstract thought, it seems like you have to have the skill, right? Like right. before before you can understand time and where things fit in history, you have to understand that AD, BC, the way we keep time, the way yeah. years work. There was recently a, a family in our Layers of Learning Facebook group, and she has a kindergartner. I, I could be getting this wrong because it's been a little while, but if I'm remembering right, she had a kindergartner. And she decided that because it was the kindergarten year, she wanted to give basically an overview of everything before they started layers of learning. So she wanted to spend the year making sure that her kids could put all of the major events on a timeline. We're talking about five-year-olds? Yeah. Wow. And she wanted to help them understand all four branches of science and exactly what they meant. And she, it was ambitious. It was very, yeah, very yeah. ambitious. And I went, oh, what she's really trying to do is put all of the skills into kindergarten so that they can start approaching content knowledge. Yeah. And that's actually a little bit backwards. Generally speaking, we teach kids a lot of content and then help them develop their skills along the way because it's hard. Timelines in particular, if you think about that, that is a very... Well, and I mean... Abstract subject. Yeah. Understanding the scope of history is extremely abstract. I wouldn't think a five-year-old, any five-year-old, 
would have the mental development to be able to understand it, no matter how many times you taught it to them. Yeah, they're probably they might be able to parrot it back, but they would not understand it. Yeah, it much the same way that we struggle to understand the concept of infinity or eternity or you know those things that are unfathomable to us. Time in general is a little bit hard to fathom, and so you're not going to probably start with that skill. It'll come, right? But you're probably not going to start with that. We use content knowledge to help us develop skills. That's the key. So all of these learning skills that we will attack will be done through the pursuit of content knowledge. Okay, so is this, the, the skills, is this something that you need to have a list of and keep track of? Johnny has learned to do this. Johnny has learned to do that. Like, do we need a checklist for this? Or is this just something that happens naturally? How do we know that we're teaching the skills? It happens naturally once you understand the difference between skills and content knowledge. If, if you listen to this podcast and then you understand it and you look for it in your homeschool, you'll you'll see the difference. You'll be like, okay, oh. And, and understanding it matters because it helps you to pause and say, wait, I need to teach this skill or this is a skill and I need to focus on this for a minute. Well, well here's what happens. We, we in our, you know, normal minds because of our own life experience, we look at it and go, I just finished a unit on ancient Greece. So I need to quiz my kids on, and then we list off all of the content that we learned. Right. And what we forget is that actually what we wanted them to learn were were some skills. And so, for example, a good skill that you might want to take from that is a comparison between government systems. Our government system here in America has some things in common with the ancient Greeks. So the skill there is the comparison. It's teaching them to compare and contrast things. Okay. So along the way, are you learning about the ancient Greek government? Yeah, you are. But does it matter if they actually remember every little detail of how the Greeks did things? Or is the important thing that they are skilled enough to parse that out in their minds and make comparisons? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like, so it. we focus on, you need to remember... The Senate, and that's fine. <laughs> that's really fine. But you don't. You can look that up any day of the week. But okay. you can't look up how to compare and contrast is, things in is, that way. Is this the big debate that you hear in education about whether kids should be memorizing things or not? Yes. Because you hear that is. you hear that all the time. Well, they can just look it up, so they don't need to memorize anything. And yeah, but, but memorization is actually a skill. A skill. I know. <laughs> I was just thinking that. Yeah, it is. So note taking is a skill. Right. You could be teaching about medieval knights, or you could be teaching about the universe. It doesn't matter if they're taking notes and they're learning that skill of how to make bullet points and organize notes and think in an outline and then put that outline on paper in an organized fashion. Wow. They can then take that anywhere with them. It's awesome if along the way they also memorize, you know, the planets or whatever you're doing. Okay, so so in many of the science units for layers of learning, the students are taught new skills. In other words, science skills specifically. So like they might learn how to use a balance yeah. to weigh chemicals, right? So that is just as important as whatever experiment they were trying to do, learning right. how to use the balance. That skill will go with tools. them yeah. and apply to all kinds of things. 
you know how you will see people featured, like you'll see little kids featured who are like brainiacs, the genius little kids. I always tell my kids, okay, let's look at what they're doing. And they'll recite something like they know all of the presidents in all 50 states and capitals. And, you know, they know all these things and they sound so, so smart. smart. Mm -hmm. But then if you ask them about something that they haven't studied, they don't know it any more than anybody else. Yeah. It's just that they memorize that thing. Right. And it comes off as super, super smart. The, it, it does take a significant amount of work to memorize like that. I'm not discounting it at all, but the actual thing that they are good at is memorizing. It has nothing to do with, Right. The content knowledge or are they good at then taking that knowledge and applying it to something else? Is the kid who memorized all of the planets right away going to be the one who comes up with the next rocket propulsion system? Probably not. They just memorize the planets. It's a different skill. Right. Right. And so we use content knowledge for all sorts of things to get kids interested enough to master skills. Well, you know, I was thinking again about science that one of the skills that I'm constantly trying to get my kids to do is to think about science creatively. In other words, I just did this experiment about light. What is the next experiment I could do? What's the next step I could take? What's the question that I have? Because that's, that is a skill. Okay. Let me tell you a story. I was in college my final year. Okay. And I did a biology degree. And my final year, I had just switched schools because we had moved to Hawaii. My husband was in the military and I had to switch schools. Okay. So my senior year, I'm in a new school. Yeah. Life is what it is. Right. And so I find out that I have to do original research in my field. My my previous school did not require that. And you were terrified, weren't you? I cried. (laughs) Yeah. I thought so. I did not know how. I did not have the skill. I had been taught to follow recipes and to regurgitate and to, and to recreate results. So I would have been a great science, um, junior high teacher, junior high teacher, or a great science, uh, like reviewer for, for other people's science experiments. But I did not know how to think about coming up with a new idea. My professor walked me through it. He was extremely kind (laughs) (laughs) and I did get through it. I wrote I did original research and I wrote a real scientific paper and then I was like, I'm so done with that. (laughs) But I was just thinking about like how I went all the way through college in a science field where I'm supposed to learn to be a scientist and I had not learned how to do science. Yeah. Period. I had only learned what people before me had already learned, but I hadn't learned any of the skills to become a scientist. That's that's is pretty it's amazing that amazing you, you probably did learn a lot of the skills along the way if you think about it well and break I, it down, I probably did but that one big piece of being able to think creatively and to take the next step yeah i didn't learn yeah but but if you think about it you understood scientific notation you understood even the periodic table of elements you understood how to balance equations you understood all kinds of scientific right, knowledge right you had gotten a lot of those things. You probably didn't recognize it as skills. You probably right. don't even know that. Well, like I could, my, my science uh, experiment ended up being in microbiology. Okay. So I, I learned to previously in a microbiology class, I had learned to isolate a colony. In other words, you have one single bacterium that you have isolated from all the others and you've created a colony of pure 
just one strain, right? Mm -hmm. And in order to do my research, I had to be able to do that, right? So I had learned that skill. But what I hadn't learned was like just how to think about the next step, how to be creative in science. You didn't understand that science is the pursuit of knowledge. But I want to say in the layers of learning, maybe because of this experience I had mostly, but all the way through the science units, we teach creativity. We teach thinking about the next steps. We teach questioning and we teach, you know, how to isolate a bacterial colony that's in there. Yeah. So we don't include anything in layers of learning that we haven't successfully done the experiment, like tried it out. Right. And yet families will do an experiment and it won't work. Because sometimes. that's the way science is sometimes. Yeah. I, I love it when that happens in our Facebook group. Uh, this was probably a year ago. I don't know. It was a long time ago. Somebody posted an experiment that didn't work. And all of these other moms got on and they were like, well, when we did it, we tried this and this is what, you know, they were actually collaborating together and I loved it. I was, I was applauding. I was going, this is science. Yeah, this this is is science. We have to figure it out. Sometimes, even for example, when I moved here, I had to adjust all of my baking recipes because we're at such a different elevation than our last state that we were in. I mean, I've lived at sea level and I've lived in the mountains and I've lived in between and you have to adjust like the amount of flour that you use and the baking time and right. things like that in order to have the same outcomes. That's very scientific. You it know? Is actually. It's those are the kinds of skills that I'm talking about. When it comes to science, it's kind of easy to see the skills. Yeah, like how to use a microscope is an obvious skill. Yeah. Right. What would be a geography skill, do you think, Michelle? Well, like how to read a key on a map, that's a definite skill. Or understanding how the contour lines on a map work for topography. Yeah. That's a skill. For sure, the... The mapping stuff. The entire... Like, all of the mapping skills as far as understanding the the global grids and how coordinates work and things well, like I, that. Well, I also think things like just being able to answer the question, what is culture, and being able to compare one culture to another. You know, that's that's a massive geography skill. Yeah. If, if you think about geography one of the hard things is accepting that the world is bigger than what you know and so one of the skills of geography is actually being able to picture your life in a different place that seems funny like how is that a skill but it really is taking yourself to a different place you are not going to maybe remember every detail about every holiday and festival and recipe and everything about every place you learn. That's okay. You'll go, oh, I I know we learned about some African countries and we tried that recipe and blah, 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 blah. It's not really about if you remember every single detail as much as you had the experience of comparing your life to another life, your place to another place, understanding the globe in a new way and getting that perspective. Like there are skills that happen with the analyzing more than oh, did I memorize the names of the holidays in that nation? You know, it's that's less important. Yeah. The content is less important. The skills are what we're going for. So, Michelle, do you? we've talked a ton about skills. Does that mean that content knowledge is not important? I actually think content knowledge is really important. Like, like we said at the beginning, you need to balance it, right? You yeah. need to balance skills and content, and content is the way you learn skills. So, so if we have to, like, what is content? Or at least it's the fun way you learn skills. You can, learn, yeah. you can learn skills with a worksheet or you can do it with a hands-on project, right? Yeah. So, um, but what is con- content? Content, like? content is, you know, the countries of the world. 
like memorizing the countries of, of South America. The memorizing part is the skill, but the countries actually themselves... Actually knowing their names. Yeah, actually yeah. knowing their names is the content. Yeah, right? and any time you talk about content... Okay, you know that show, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Or yeah. you know, any of those like, trivia Game shows. shows, trivia. Those, yeah. those are all quizzing content. And it, the thing that makes it funny is that adults don't know it. They did when they were in elementary school. But now they've forgotten. But they've forgotten yeah. because they're not using that content all the time. We we don't really worry that much about what animals live in what countries, you know. I mean, to a degree, we know kangaroos, Australia, you know, we know certain things, but we don't focus on that content all the and time. And it's okay if you don't know all of that. like. Yeah, but the content is what makes this world interesting. Okay, but this is this is something that I think homeschool people get hung up on is that they feel like there is a list of content out there, a master list of things that their kids must know or I don't know what they think will happen, the sky will fall. You know, like like you've got to know this stuff. We've got to make sure we get all this stuff in our heads. And I don't think that list exists, first of all. I think I think it is important, however, to have a broad knowledge of lots and lots of things about the world, because until you have that, you cannot make those connections. You cannot make those comparisons. You can't see another place or another life or another way of thinking. You can't be creative yeah. until you know the basics. There's also an important aspect of cultural literacy. If you don't know anything about Shakespeare or his plays, then you're not going to hold your own in a conversation or right. understand the inside joke or get the funny line in the movie or, you know, any of those things. We, I was talking about this with Garrett the other day. We were talking about how people quote the Bible all the time and they don't know they what don't they're know doing. They don't know it's the Bible. Yet. Yeah. Like, like I was watching a newscaster talk about somebody being a scapegoat and it was ironic because he was talking about Israel <laughs> being a scapegoat. And I was like, the scapegoat concept, that entire thing is from the Bible. That's a Jewish concept. Yeah. It was part of their ancient religious but I was like, it's so funny that people don't even know that that's what they're talking about. Like they're, <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of our cultural knowledge is just so ingrained in us that we don't always know where it comes from. Even I have I mean, to admit, people talk about famous people, and I'm always like, I don't know who that is. You're you're out of your element. <laughs> I do not you're, know anything about pop culture. Your pursuit no, of I knowledge stopped yeah. right there. <laughs> I have not heard the song. I have never heard of that actor. I do not care. <laughs> so we we just had a this might not be something that everybody knows but i thought that everyone did do you know the it's corn reference do you know that no it's corn, no a big lump of knobs it I, has the juice no sing that again no i, I don't sing. <laughs> <laughs> that's where i draw i have line. never heard that okay so it it was like i think it started on tiktok it was like a tiktok video or that something. would be why i haven't heard well, I know, but it's like everywhere now, but I know you're not everywhere. I know. <laughs> if you're in our Facebook group, you're talking to Karen, not Michelle. She's not online like that. Well, no, okay. I'm you're online, online all you're not day. on social media. Right, I'm not on social media. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you don't know this record. You don't have the cultural literacy that I have from TikTok. That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> there's, there's this It's Corn song. It was just this little boy who's saying it's cute, and the sound caught on, and everybody uses this sound bite. You know, okay. you know how people it became do that. a meme. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I used that meme in a poster I was making, and it was really funny because all of the teenagers totally got it, and they burst into song when they saw the poster. And then all of the adults who were, you know, they were like, "What?" They had no idea. They just totally missed all of the joke on the poster, and it was like, "What?" I, I don't even know what that is or what you're talking about. And it's funny how 
We do that all the time, even with things like Shakespeare or the Bible or, you know, anything. If you don't know the thing, you just miss out. Right. You know, but if you know it, it's interesting. Have you seen that thing? It's gone around online for years about like lines from Shakespeare that we didn't know came from Shakespeare. Oh yeah. It's just just like the Bible. People say it and they don't realize it's from, yeah. Yeah. But it's just fun when you do know, you're like, yeah, when you do know. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot. Greek and Latin roots are the same way. You can go about learning a ton of words and not even know that they're there. But if you know the Greek and Latin roots, you see them. You see them. Mm-hmm. And you see how the words are broken down. That's actually a skill versus a content. The content would be knowing the big word. The skill would be knowing the roots of the word so that you can actually break it down and understand it. Well, okay, let's let's use this example. Where the boys and I have been learning Latin and I learned it with my older ones and then we restarted again with my my younger ones and we've just finished the second Latin book. It took us like 3 years to finish two books, but Anyway, we, we've learned Latin, right? At least the basics. Yeah. And we're, we feel really smart. But <laughs> You're like a homeschooler. But, but I'll tell, <laughs> I know. But I'll tell you what is cool about it is that it wasn't really ever about learning Latin, right? We did learn the Latin, and that is the content, right? Yeah. But it was really about learning how language works, how it's put together. How it's built. And then contrasting it. We were constantly, constantly contrasting with English. English has extremely specific word order. You cannot say the words in the wrong order or you sound like a maniac, right? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And foreign speakers of English, p- people who are trying to learn English, have a really difficult time with our word order because it is rigid. It's rigid and it's different than a lot of other languages. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is a simple example, but we say the adjective first, like a smelly dog. Right. Whereas most languages would say a dog smelly. Well, and also, like, you can't just say a smelly big dog. Oh, no, it's got to be a big smelly dog. Yeah. Even our even our adjectives have to be in the right order. You have to put, you know, color in a different spot than you put size. Than you yes. put. It's weird. But we were noticing that Latin is not like that. Latin has a little bit of word order once in a while, but mostly word order doesn't matter. But instead, they do conjugation of verbs, and they do a lot of declension of nouns, and, like, you have all these other ways of figuring out what job the word is doing in a sentence, Mm -hmm. right? And also, English is not a gendered language, but Latin is. Like, you can see all these different ways. So we were learning about how language is put together and how it compares to English. And then, of course, you can compare that to other languages, like other European languages or other much more foreign languages like Chinese or Russian or, you know, like things that are way different. Mm -hmm. So I think that, that skill that comes from the content we spent three years learning Latin just so that we could figure out how language is put together and and have that extra piece, you know? Yeah. Well, and along those language lines, we could break it down this way and say, if you were studying skills, you would read the dictionary and learn every single word in it. You would make sure that you knew every word, how to spell it, what the definition was, mm-hmm. what, you know, all of the, what part of speech it is, everything. You would memorize the dictionary, essentially. But if you wanted to learn the skills... Instead, you would learn how dictionaries are in alphabetical order and how to alphabetize and find words. You would learn how they mark the syllables so that you can know where each syllable cut is. You know, they put like a little dot in between each syllable. You would learn what an adjective, an adverb, a verb, a noun, you know, you would learn those parts of speech Uh so that you can then apply it because it always has that in parentheses. It shows you that. 
you would basically learn how to use the dictionary so that any word you need to look up, you can. Okay, okay. So, But imagine learning to use the dictionary without applying that to some of the words that you learn along the way. Like, you learn the content. Yeah. So you said you said the, skill is, skills. the skills is learning everything in the dictionary. No, but the what content you meant is... Yeah, is yeah. Oh, what you meant did is, I say that backwards? You said that backwards. Oh, sorry. Okay. The, the, the content, content is learning every single word in the dictionary. And the, the skills, skills is learning how the dictionary works. Right. And... Along the way, can you imagine learning that skill without learning some of the words in the dictionary? Yeah, I'm, I'm like that would be boring and awful. I also think like we we use the content in, to develop in a skills. way. I, when you were saying that the the skills is learning all the words, I was were thinking, you trying to apply it. Yeah, so I did. <laughs> <laughs> your mind, my mind okay. wasn't working while your so, mind was working. So my brain was going. My brain was going. Yeah, knowing what words are is a skill, and reading would be the content. So, like, you're reading a book. Yeah. And you can either learn all the words by reading the dictionary, or you can do it by reading books. Yeah. And so, that's a good so, example too. Though. So, content is going to be more interesting and fun, generally speaking, than skills. Right. But hopefully, you're you're meshing them. Right. Yeah. They're happening at the same it, time. That's when happy learning happens. When you use the content to develop skills. If you just had to do the skills by themselves. It would be pointless. It wouldn't connect to anything. I mean, when kids ask, why do we do math? That's the problem. They're trying to develop skills without getting the point, without having the content of, hey, we actually use this in the world. Yeah. Hey, you wouldn't be picking up that cell phone if, you know, these things hadn't been discovered along the way. Like, we apply the skills and that's where the content happens. Yeah. yeah. And so you're going to learn both. But you don't need to focus on memorizing all of the content all the time. You need to focus on having your kids develop skills and you do that by exploring content. And the content should be wide. It should be varied. It should be taught in an orderly way that makes sense so that kids can make these connections. Yeah. And, and then the skills should be practiced, not just learned once, but practiced again and again. Yeah. So you know how every single year they add words to the dictionary. And oh, if yeah. you look over... People get mad about it every year, too. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Rewind. It's like it just doesn't matter, people. <laughs> well, people are still mad about changing after the period. We only have okay. one space. I'm only two. mad about that because I have a habit where I automatically hit two spaces. Change after your the habit, period. Michelle. Change your habit. You can do it. You know what a habit is. <laughs> I changed it. I I just go back in afterwards and do the find, replace, and get rid of the extra spaces. <laughs> That's so funny. It, it is interesting, though. If you back up a hundred years, think of how they spoke. Think of the inventions that there were. Think of the difference in knowledge today versus a hundred years okay, ago. Okay, think about this. The word computer used to mean a person who does mathematical computer computes. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't mean that anymore. No. We would never say that when it, we meet a person. So when people try to make a list of content knowledge, I kind of laugh at them. I mean, only in my head, not out loud. <laughs> I mean, but not that mean. <laughs> You're laughing at the past me. Because when I first started homeschooling, that's the way I thought. Like, I have to figure out how to get all this stuff inside my kids' heads, you know. But even in the 12 years of their education with you, what is going to change? What is going yeah. to be new out there? If there really was a set of knowledge that we needed to learn and then stop learning, that would be a crazy, crazy world. We're actually learning at such a rate. Things are getting invented so quickly. Things are changing so, so fast. Well, I think globalization is a big part of that, too. I mean, we have words that we have because of other cultures that we have adopted their ideas or their thinking or their 
concepts that we don't have concepts for in English or inventions for in English or, you oh, know. Yeah. Okay, Michelle, I'm going to give you a weird example of content versus skill knowledge. We talk often about how things are progressing so fast. We were just mentioning that, like technologically yeah. speaking, we're going so fast, so we can't have a list of content knowledge. But even in our past, even in the events that have already happened, there are things that are outside of our wheelhouse, outside of our experience that we just don't know. So there is an entire group of people, the Hmong people. Did I say that right? Hmong? Yeah, I think that's that is man's house. I could be pronouncing it wrong. But if you study them, they were a group that was basically promised help from the American government. During a time of war, they were allies with the Americans and they were helping and they were promised land. Well, when we pulled out, we didn't give them land. And many of the people were displaced to the United States and they're still, you know, cities and cultures, pockets of their civilization here. They have a completely different belief system, religiously, culturally, technologically. It's like a different world, right? Those people do not have the same experience as we do. We can go look at the past, at their experiences, today also because they still exist, but I'm saying we can look at their past and learn from it in interesting ways. I never learned about them in school. I didn't learn about no, any of their story until I was an adult. Our our education system in the West tends to be very West-focused. And that, there's, there's good reasons behind that. There, There's a reason behind that. But I think people are more and more wanting to learn about more of the world. Yeah. So part of globalization has been that. Like yeah. Part of it is that we're interconnected technologically speaking, but also... Trade and culture. Yeah. We are... We are now more able to share than we were in the past. Well, I mean, if, if we've come across this in writing layers of learning all the time. There are a million books about ancient Egypt, but almost none about sub-Saharan Africa. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's as we learn more, though, we start making more of those connections and getting more of those content areas. Michelle, you and I have talked before about how it used to be really, really hard to find books about, for example, women scientists. Oh, yeah. It's becoming easier, Yeah. which I'm grateful for. But as we continue on, the knowledge opens up. We learn more yeah. and more all yeah. the time. So if you made a master list, it, it would wouldn't be, be a master list. Yeah, it would be outdated right. tomorrow. Because in, in, in 10 years, maybe there will be dozens of books written about sub-Saharan Africa. Because people are much more aware now and they're wanting to write those books now. Yeah. And, and so, and and so if you, if you left that off your list now, but in 10 years, you might definitely want it on your list, you know? So, so you don't, because you don't do social media, Michelle, you don't follow this, but do you see like the James Webb telescope oh, images yes. that are coming back? Yeah. Like I follow that. And so I see it every day. I'm looking at, oh, what did James Webb see today? You know, yeah. I'm always following that telescope and seeing new images from space. And it is amazing when you see. I mean, I loved watching images from the Hubble. I followed I know. that before, too. I know. And now you see the comparisons, like here's the Hubble versus James Webb. That was one, one thing that we sent out that's giving us so much knowledge. It's always changing. It's always evolving. We're always learning. So there is no list. Well, and even if you did, like, pause right now at this moment and try to make a list, the list would be too big. There's, no way, you, there's no way you could cover it all. And also, how do you decide which one is more important? Is learning about, you know, the, the James Webb images more important? Or is learning about Sub-Saharan Africa more important? How do you make that kind of decision? Because you don't have time to do it all, right? Yeah. 
So it doesn't matter as long as your kids are learning broadly about many different things, they're having new experiences, and you have it in some sort of order that, that makes sense so that they can make connections. So it's not just random haphazard. Yeah, and, and then along the way, as you learn whatever content you learn, you're always going to infuse it with skills. Always having in your mind, okay, what can I have them do that they can then learn this skill and apply it to anything? Um, and and you can take any subject and use, um, learn math skills through it, learn uh, reading skills through it, learn writing skills through it, learn thinking. thinking skills through it. Like you can make all these kinds of different connections through. Let's take an example of, of something that you could learn about and then do all those things with. What about like, okay, we're doing, let's say we're doing Africa. We're learning about the continent of Africa in geography. Okay. okay so you could make a map and w- if you want to make math, Part of that, you could have them make a population map where they have to figure out the population levels and make the map, make a scale, make a scale like, and yeah, like they have to do all of the things where you're not just handing it to them. Yeah, exactly. So that's and and you can then look at a science skill that goes in that. So not necessarily in the in the math skill, but in, in the, Africa, in Africa, what is a science skill that we could approach in that study of Africa? Well, I mean, you could talk about climate for sure, right? Or or natural resources or Biomes. resource resource distribution, yeah. right? Water. I mean, talking about water in Africa is is amazing because they've got desert regions, they've got dry Sahel kind of regions, and then they've got rainforests, you know? So they've mm-hmm. got all kinds of water distribution and water distribution problems, both with too much water and not enough water. You could talk about soil. I mean, there's a thousand things. Yeah. Because Africa has generally terribly bad soil, which is one of the reasons they struggle economically and then you can continue and say okay we're learning about africa what are some reading skills that we can do right i i've mentioned this before i'm sure in other podcast episodes but i love having my kids read like a solid non-fiction book coupled with a fictional account from the same place right so we're learning about africa we're also seeing an experience from africa or reading a story or getting right so so you could you could read about like a retelling of the Jungle Book, and then read about the actual... Actually, the Jungle Book is India, isn't it? So you could do Tarzan. How about that one? Tarzan, there you go. <laughs> and then you could learn about the gorillas, like a real story about Exactly. So you're basically... Yeah, you're learning about Africa. But it's not just for the sake of learning about Africa. You're applying this, you know, all of these skills to whatever topic it is you're learning about. So at the end of the year... It's not going to be that you quiz your kids on Africa. I mean, you might quiz your kids on Africa. That's fine. They will learn the stuff about Africa naturally. But you don't need to worry about, check, we learned about Africa. Instead, you need to be thinking about, did my kids analyze, write, read, compare? You know, These are the learning skills that you want them applying to whatever the content knowledge is that you learn. When you mix that up together and you do skills and content, that's when the magic happens. Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating wherever you listen. Ratings and comments help people find happy family-style homeschooling. Visit us at layersoflearning.com, at Instagram, and on our Facebook group. And make sure to tune in next month for the next podcast. In the meantime, we wish you happiness in your homeschool. Have fun learning!